All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, College Basketball Podcast, it's Ben Hammond. Ben, what's up, man? What's up? None much. Um, everybody stinks. So yeah, that, that makes this an stink. interesting this this that makes it an interesting podcast because we uh we get to just do the same thing that we do every year where we're like, This year it's wide open. We get yep. to say that, you know, just the cliche thing we say in January every year. But I will say before uh before this season I was like Oh, Blue Bloods are back. Blue Bloods are back. We're back, baby. Like, the top dogs are back. I guess it's not entirely wrong. Like, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Carolina are at the top, but mm. they're not, like, dominant at the top. But uh, yeah. before we get into that, before we get into all the upsets this week and everything, we're recording right now. It's Thursday, January 11th, around uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time. This uh, We were talking about college game day. I was looking at the schedule Saturday. I'm scrolling through, and I was like, hey uh, – when's what's college game day is i was like is it like cincy baylor is it houston T- like wh- what is college game day it, is it just disappeared that that's something i was wondering and i feel like i'm not a good gauge of this because i've paid far less attention to college basketball game day since 2019 because before that virginia you know was often a part of game day whether it's like on the road against Carolina, on the road against Duke, or at home against one of those teams. Or they, they had Virginia Tech one year in 2018. Um, so I feel like I pay less attention, so I, I feel like I'm a little biased. But I I do feel like it's it's not as much of a thing. And like every year it's it's trending away. I don't yeah, know. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now as you were talking. Uh, oh, they launched the 20th. Okay. They cool. the 20th. Okay, cool. good to know. Good to know. Who Who's on it? I mean, it's Billis, Seth Greenberg. It was LaFonso Ellis for a bit, right? Yeah, but, but he's he not with the ESPN anymore. Is it, is it Jay Williams again? Uh, Dan Shulman? Is it? It says here Reese Davis, Jay Billis, Dan Shulman, and Seth Greenberg. Okay. I don't think I like that. Yeah, I I, think I like Jay put, Williams on game day. Actually, I know it says it's easy to say because like, I'm a Duke guy, but I kind of yeah. like him on game day. Well, whether you like him or like whether you like Jay Williams or not, it's like he just there's game day. Like you have different pieces, you know. It's like constructing a team. Like you need like Billis is sort of your Herb Street. Um, you know, you've got Reese Davis, of course. Uh, um, Seth Greenberg. It sort of. Fitz is like, oh, the like our coach that we have on here. And then you need like the um well the the comparison's gonna be kind of obvious. The Lafonso Ellis Jay Williams to, to Desmond <laughs> Howard. Um, I realized I was doing it. That's I realized the train was going down the tracks with me making those comparisons and I couldn't stop it. So who's next then? Corey Maggetti? Carlos Boozer? <laughs> <laughs> Corey Alexander, <laughs> yeah, Corey Alexander. Please. That's what. That's the day ESPN dies. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm looking at the schedule for that game day. It's like I think the best games Baylor, Texas. It is not a great Saturday slate of basketball. No. But, but anyhow, let's talk about this week though. Uh, everybody lost. Everybody lost except for like UConn, Carolina, and I think Duke. And then everybody else lost. One, two, three, five, nine. Uh, 11 I think they all lost everyone's losing everybody stinks in college basketball like you said 
I'll just start this off. Is anybody good in college basketball? I think I think there's a few teams that I consider good. Like, Let me rephrase that. Handful. Is anybody great in college basketball? No. I don't think so. And I can only name a few that I think are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Like, t- yeah. Tell me who you think is good. Genuinely good. I think Purdue is good. I think mm-hmm. Arizona is good. I think UConn is good. I think Kentucky is good. And that's where I kind of stop my list. But I, I also put in there kind of a disclaimer of like Kansas, like a Kansas, but I'm not excited to say that. Mm-hmm. But like they're, you know, they're going to be on the one or two line at the end of the day. We know that. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna like we said. I think we said it even on our first show. It was mm-hmm. Kansas is probably gonna get upset around two or the Sweet Sixteen. Like I'll, I'll sell Kansas stock all season long, and I'm gonna have a huge payout in March. Whatever the line is in their second round game in March, I'm going to take that eight seed. I don't care who it is. It's yeah. probably gonna be like BYU or not BYU. Can't be BYU. It would be like Clemson. That doesn't make me feel good. Um, Wake, Wake, ooh. I like waking that matchup. Oh, you know what's a spot? I could see a dangerous, a sneaky uh, nine-seed Miami playing oh, Kansas. That feels right. That That's that, the one. Kansas has to lose to a weird-colored team. They can't just lose to – It's true. You know, they can't just lose to, you know, a Houston or – you know They have to lose to the Illinois or Miami. Like, just a northern Iowa, just a purple-orange, just a weird-colored team. I was going to say, also, if it's not Miami, it's going to be a meh SEC team. Yeah. Yeah, one that's just Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas or, yeah, like, well, Arkansas, the, there's an obvious reason why we, Arkansas comes to mind. But yeah. you could see if A&M gets in. You could see A&M beating Kansas. Maroon. Yeah, just, Maroon beating Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh. I agree with that list. I think those are the top four teams. Like, if you're doing a power rankings thing, I think it would be Arizona, Purdue, Kentucky, Connecticut. But then after – dude, you look after that. Like, let's just go through it. Carolina, I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. Like, they're a good team. They're not going to lose to bad teams this year, which credit to Hubert Davis. I think that's really what you want in a coach is like – can we not lose to Louisville? Can we not lose to Pitt? Can we not lose to Syracuse? Like, just beat the crap out of those bottom dwellers of the conference. That's what Carolina had been missing because they were always losing the, to the pits of the world. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know who's losing to the pits of the world this year? Everyone. So <laughs> yes. if you are the one team that's not losing to the pits of the world, like, that's good. We can uh, argue about the... This UNC team, I think, can be simply put as like a high floor, low ceiling type team. And that's perfect. That feels like the exact type of team. UNC under Hubert Davis, the Hubert Davis like regime here at UNC, it just needed a just team where you know what you're getting and it's good. And it's like they might not be a national championship team, but they're not going to screw up a ton. This is the exact kind of team UNC's been missing for the last five years, basically yeah. since 2019. Yeah, no, I think Hubert Davis is just like, 
you know, you're Sarah plain and tall kind of girl, like, hey, you know, she's really nice, you know, she's going to cook for you, she's going to, you know, but then do you want the slutty ex? Like, that's what, that's what, it's the difference. Like, oh yeah, like, do I want a little crazy? Do I want a little uh, Calipari? Like, something like that. Yeah. Is that what you want to go for? But Hubert Davis, it feels like you're just going to get what you're going to get. Because I think, I don't, like, Hubert Davis felt like that, it's like a kid at a party who's, like, never seen anything, and he's like, what's all this? Like, it's like, you know, hot girls, there's alcohol and stuff, and Hubert Davis is like, what's going on during their final four run? Because they're like, I don't like Caleb Love taking all those shots. He, he looked so uncomfortable coaching those Caleb Love teams, and now it, it seems so comfortable. It seems more, you know, church and choir boy team. Yeah, it's like a church and choir boy team, I think, because the pieces fit better. Just yep. we have this guy who does this. We have that guy who does that. It it just it fits. And there's a there's a degree. There's, there's not, like a good there's a perfect mix of, oh, these are guys that I've coached for a few years and have familiarity with along with transfers. And most of those transfers are relatively experienced. So you're not dealing with like a ton of knucklehead type play from his guys so yes. it, there's no wild cards on the team there's no wild cards. no like no I think the and that's wild the, that's gonna be their detriment at some point exactly. but it's going to it's going to keep them from losing an embarrassing game in the tournament it's yeah, gonna make them lose in the sweet 16 as a three seed to the two seed by seven and not lose to like the seven seed by 12 in yeah, the second they're going to face – I'm looking at the standings right now. They're going to face Auburn in the Sweet 16. Yeah. They're going to face Auburn in the Sweet 16. And, and we know the that, history of, 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 of them playing Auburn in the Sweet 16. Exactly. They're yeah. going to play Auburn in, like, the Sweet 16 or even, like, a if, if – I don't think BYU ends up in this similar spot as they're in right now. But, like, even, like, a BYU where they can just launch threes and then Carolina is just like, what are we going to do? Like, we know what Baycott is. RJ Davis is probably their biggest wild card, but like, yeah, he can only explode for like twenty twenty five on a given night, mm-hmm. at, like I, at his peak. Like, I don't see anybody else bringing that in for Carolina. No, I don't see that either. You're just gonna get basically like Cormac Ryan's gonna give you maybe ten to fifteen, depending like if he's shooting well. Harrison Ingram is gonna give you ten to fifteen as well. Yep. Um. RJ Davis can give you like 20. You're going to get 15 and 10 from Baycott. I feel like, you know what you're going to get from most of these guys and that's fine. Um, but they're going to, they're going to hit a point in which they're playing a team where they need more from those guys and mm-hmm. they're not going to get it. And that's okay. That that's what they needed this season. I think yep. if you're just the program from a wider view, do you remember those, uh, Jeff Teague Hawks teams? You like, they were no number one in the East, but you knew when they faced LeBron, it, they just weren't getting past them, and that's what no. this Carolina team feels like. You're like, I like, I like you guys. You guys are good. But once you face, you know, these Wildcats and these crazy teams, like, you guys aren't going to be there. You guys aren't going to show up when the lights are bright. I wanted to ask you this: If Duke and Carolina played tonight, January 11th, who wins? I say Neutral tonight, Carol- tonight Carolina. Really? But I wanted to put the caveat that in March Duke wins by double digits. I I think that's fair. Duke may have turned a corner against Pitt. 
They may have, but I want to see a I want to see a bigger a larger sample size before three I make games. that conclusion. Just three games. Just give us yeah. three good games yeah. as, Duke, as a Duke fan. Just give me three good games. It was it, everything clicked. Everyone was moving. The ball was the ball wasn't sticking to someone. It wasn't any ISO ball. It was it also helps you're just hot. Like that's the other thing. It's just it helps when you're hot in a game and you're shooting lights out, but mm-hmm. I think they split the series this year, if I'm being honest. I think it's a one-and-one. I think each team wins at home. I think so, too. I think there are going to be two great games, though. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, Yeah, I think I think Carolina wins in February. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll do a preview that week. We'll do a preview that week. We'll have Connor on. We'll have us three on. We need a neutral in this for once. Not, no, no more. We need a neutral in this to see. Like, you need hey, a moderator. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do we'll do that for the Duke Carolina preview week. But uh, do you see the Duke team getting to that Final Four level? I I see a world in which they do. I think they. I I think I, th- I, think I need to see. Just I didn't get a chance honestly to watch the pit game, but they were great in that game. Obviously, from what I've seen from Duke, they just feel very like uninspired. Is the word that comes to mind. And if they can just sort of break through that and figure something out, which I, I tend to think John Shire is a better coach than, you know, a lot of people have been giving him crap. I feel like this season, I think he's a pretty good coach because last year, you know, he got things rolling when it needed to be rolling. And so I sort of have that assumption that this Duke team is going to do the same thing. So I think it's definitely on the table, but I could also see a scenario in which they sort of get rolling we ignore the things that are structurally wrong with them. And that comes to bite them in the butt in March, like a sweet 16 game where, Oh no, we don't have a center becomes a mm-hmm. thing. And Oh no, our entire team is just six, three point guards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I think that's a fair point. I, I just believe in this guard play. I, the fa- the matter of the fact is, is that Tyrese Proctor coming off the bench and him getting hurt may have been the best thing for this team. Jared McCain is a stud now. I mean, he is he has turned into the best Duke sharpshooter since Luke Kennard. He's that good. I mean, yeah. he is lighting it up right now. I think he uh, – but I think the most important thing you can have going into March, I think you can overcome uh, the front – you know, not having a great center. I think you can overcome that – I th- I don't think you can win a title that way, but I think we saw Miami do it. We saw Miami get to the Final Four. It's having two elite guards. Having two elite guards sets you apart in March, and I think Duke has that. I think Roach and McCain can be that, and then the addition of Proctor too in there too. I think they can do it. I think they're. I I know I said it on our last one. I think they are a Final Four team. What I saw from Pitt was inspiring. Let's see what they can do against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Uh, let's move on. The other team you wanted to talk about was number nine in the country at the moment, Oklahoma. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> they're not. They're 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 a seven to ten seed level team. So it's like it, it is. Does, is that extreme? Am I be, am I crazy? You're you're saying they're what? Like. Like in terms of how good they actually are, seven to ten seed. Oh, I think that's generous. Okay, I think that's kind of generous because I think they are the Big Twelve is too good to where since they have such a good non-con, all that you have to do is win like four games in the Big Twelve. That's all that matters. You win like four or five games, you're gonna get in. But 
they feel like a team they're gonna be high enough i think the 10 seed is right they feel like a team that belongs in dayton though but i think like 80 percent of college basketball belongs in dayton like i think the the entire tournament should just be played as the first four because everybody is at that level it's like it's like the COVID tournament, like that they had like the oh it like it was centered out of like Indianapolis or yes. whatever. It's like we just do that, but in Dayton, and it's like the reason. It's like oh, is there a pandemic? No, you guys just all are Dayton level teams. But do you do you also like I close my eyes, Carter. I see either a seven ten or eight nine matchup of Clemson Oklahoma, oh. and I see it. They do it. They CBS Sports. Uh, Greg Gumbel like is like, and seven seed the Clemson Tigers play ten seed Oklahoma Sooners, and I'm like, no, I hate both of these teams, and now I have to pick one to win, and then and I will pick the wrong one. Yeah, you will pick the wrong one. You never get that game right, and you're gonna be like, no, nope. why is Oklahoma a two point favorite? Like I like Clemson there, and then Oklahoma wins by like fourteen for some reason. <laughs> And then, and it's always, it's always the, like the Thursday or Friday last game of the night where it's like, I'm exhausted. I've lost so much. I've lost so many bets today. My bracket's destroyed. And now I get to watch Oklahoma Clemson, the just crappiest game because like the seven ten matchups stink. Eight, nine, seven, yep. 10 matchups are the worst because it's not upset. Yeah. And it's pointless in terms of like bracket. Wise, like you're like, I never have either of these teams going far, but if you had a bad day, let's say it's like the Friday, it's one of the Friday night games. You've had a terrible round one. You have a final four team go down. You've got like a few of your sweet 16s have went down. Like just losing that last 50, 51 when you're already down, it's just a kick in the nuts. Yeah. It's, it's, you lose. It's like Thursday afternoon, and you have Diamond Stone and and Mellow Trimble in Maryland in your final Jake four. And they lose, yeah, and they lose in the first round. And you're like, why? Why would I ever put a Mark Turgeon team in the final four? Then you're like, get blinded by their raw athleticism and talent. Yeah, <laughs> I re- I specifically remember that team. <laughs> uh, the other take I wanted to get across was uh, the most underrated day in sports is Selection Sunday. Easily the most underrated. It really is. That's so. That's almost. That's part of the experience for me. It's oh, you get 100%. into March it's Sunday. You it's have like you have the you, keep going. You have keep the going. last regular. You have like the end of the regular season. Like the last Duke Carolina, um, Virginia has like Senior Day, and yep. then you roll into the conference tournaments the next week. Then yeah, you, you watch those Sunday. awful Tuesday ones. The Power Five Tuesday. Because for people like dege- let's just call it like it is for degenerate gamblers, the week before the Duke Carolina game, they're sitting here watching the Miac tournament or, or the Colonial or whatever a week before, and they're they're on, sitting here on ESPN Plus at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, and they're like, I can't wait to watch North Carolina A and T versus Green Bay, whatever. It's like no, 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 no. Like th- that's phony stuff. You're just forcing it. It's that it's that last weekend is bubble teams getting their last big wins, senior days, the big rivalries, Duke Carolina, and then you roll into that Monday, Tuesday, that Tuesday, you're sitting here watching the ACC tournament, you're like, ooh, Notre Dame, Boston College, I'm excited. And then by about the under 12 timeout, you're like, these teams suck. This is why I didn't watch them this season. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. You're excited for, it's a tease. And then you're like, because you're like, I want, I want a power, I I want a P6 conference tournament right now. 
and with those like 11 versus four with Boston College versus Notre Dame, you're not getting pick P6. It's a mid-major game practically. Yeah, it it is the greatest holiday ever. I, it's I, great. Selection Sunday, like the music, um, oh, the, the I, annual, the annual. No matter who Virginia's playing, Seth Davis says, "I like the upset there," <laughs> and then I get angry, and he's right every time. That's another. That's another. That's a classic. My dad always texts me and goes, "How much you want to bet Seth Davis is going to have us lose against whoever, whoever yep. we're against?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he definitely is." Virginia hosts Furman and Seth Davis is like, I like an upset here. It's like, I I wish I could get a bingo card for March Madness stuff. We should set up a Carter cast bingo card for selection Sunday. Like love it. Love it. Where Clark Kellogg says a lot, but nothing like he doesn't actually ever get to his point, but he just says stuff. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) let me play this game with you real quick. I'm going to say, like, just pick either or would you rather have selection Sunday or the NFL draft? Selection Sunday. Easy. I don't think it's a debate. I think Selection Sunday. Those like 30 minutes are the most exhilarating 30 minutes. And then after you're like sitting here trying to log on to the bracketology stuff and you're like, okay, like fill in my bracket. I also love that like any upsets like the 512, I'm like, okay, who shoots a lot of threes? Who has a fun guard that averages 20 a game? Like that's who I'm picking. You're sending out the links to all your friends. Like that's all all your your text messages, just the – it's just the invite to the to the bracket challenge group, and you're I was gonna because say, you're playing your team's playing in Orlando. Yes, and that I was gonna say about the NFL draft too. That always you always think it's gonna be more exciting yep. than it is because you don't really care that much outside of your team. Nope. Selection Sunday, I'm like, ooh, this matchup, like this, this, um, like sometimes you like some of the seven ten suck. But sometimes there's a 7-10 where you're like, ooh, I like that. That's a fun matchup. Yeah, or like also- you go, oh, this five, if this five plays this four, that's a great game. Like, ooh, Indiana-Miami in the second round, that's sick. I love that. Yeah, I, I've, the NCAA tournament, typically they do a good job at this. Usually they start off game. Sometimes they don't. I don't like when the 8-9, 7-10, or the 1-16, 215s are the standalones, like the last game of the night or the first game of the day. They have to be jumbled in in the chaos. They cannot be. That's like the be. third one in the early window. Yeah. and then You like, know what I mean? Because they're sort of in fours a lot of the time. Yeah. Or they'll then, trickle. It's like one, and then two starts 20 minutes later, and then an hour later you got three, and then you got four like 20 minutes after that. Like the one has got to be the third. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Let's keep this going. Selection Sunday or Christmas? I'm going to say Selection Sunday. I'm saying Selection Sunday, too. <laughs> that, that makes me sound like a like a crazy person. Like we hate really families? Think yeah. Ten years ago, it's closer. 14-year-old me, or like just yeah. a younger kid. But as an adult, it's Selection Sunday. <laughs> I think it is, too. Selection Sunday or Week 1 NFL? Selection Sunday. Really? I don't know. I think that's close. I think week one of NFL is crazy. Like that first Sunday, you're like, whoa, dude, we finally get it. it it's true, but selection Sunday just hits different for me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think you're right. But, I think I think I would go selection. Is there any day, like any sports day, like besides the Thursday and Friday of March Madness or the final four, like you would pick over selection Sunday? 
I I do selection Sunday over the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I would too because my <laughs> like that sounds crazy. Like, but I still would. Usually, I'm disappointed by then. Yeah, exactly. Elite Eight. It's like that's. It depends. That's yeah. sort of a swing. It, it's round. weird because it's like that Saturday afternoon game. It's usually the crappiest one. It's usually like the two like worst teams. No power. Like none of the big powerhouses are playing that game. But you're like, what yep. the crap? Like that team's actually in the final. Like that's this year's final four. They made the final four, and you're like, it's it's weird. I don't know. Um, uh, any other stuff? Like, do we need to talk about anything good or, or anybody being good, or uh, do we want to rank the conferences? Let's rank the conferences. Okay. All right. Let's rank. I'm excited to do this. Uh, should we go six to one or one to six? Let's go six to one. Six to one. All right. Who's six? Pac-12. Yeah, it's the Pac-12. It, it's a hundred percent the Pac-12. I'm gonna pull up their standings real quick. The the second best team in this conference is probably Colorado. Oregon. Colorado. They might. They might be a two bid league. <laughs> It's crazy, but yeah. Because, like, Arizona State's strung, strung together some wins lately, but, like, and they beat, I mean, they beat Utah and Colorado. Utah like, could get in. That BYU win's going to look very good for them. It's going to look great. But. Eh. Goodness. Utah's beating UCLA by eight early second half. UCLA's cooked. Yeah, UCLA like UCLA's done. Washington's not making the tournament. Cal's not making the tournament. Rest in peace, Mark Madsen. Oregon State's not making the tournament. USC, Washington State, like Stan- Stanford won that Arizona game. You're like, what? They're not making the tournament. No, it really it. I there's no way this is USC than- USC's kind of a mess. Isaiah yeah. Collier is out four to six weeks with a wrist injury now. Bronny James stinks. He's just average. He's just an average yeah, which- player. Which that's a whole different conversation, but freshman Bronny James is an average college basketball player, and which is fine. Which is fine, but people are going to make it not fine. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, a, we don't have to get into that. Yeah, but the other thing. So yeah, they're like a two bid, a two a max three bids. Max, I agree. Three, the Mountain West might get more bids than them. Yeah. I don't think that's correct. Do we put the Mountain West at six and just leave the Pac-12 out? <laughs> That'd be great on a graphic. That would be great on a graphic. I need to put this into a graphic. We'll 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 have the power rankings list. Uh, we'll we'll put the power six conferences, so it's not confusing. Okay. Uh, but Pac-12 at six, I 100% agree there. Who's five? I had ACC. Really? I hate to say it. Hmm. Hmm. So, okay, explain it to me. So when I look at the ACC, it's just the top isn't good enough to excuse the large bottom that sucks. Like you've you got Pitt. Pitt is one foreign conference, even though they're a team I don't want to play, but they stink. Louisville, need I say more? Georgia Tech's not a good team. Boston College, Notre Dame. I don't like the Syracuse team. There's just tons of these teams that I don't like. And then, like, at the top, it's just UNC and Duke. And, like, does this UNC and Duke, this UNC team and this Duke team at the top of the conference, like, leading the charge, that doesn't do it for me right now. See, I think I put the Big Ten at five. 
I that that was like I have the Big Ten at four, just to spoil it. But yeah, I, I had ACC at four. Yeah, so like I think the Big Ten, it's mainly because you know you got Purdue, which is stronger than what the ACC has at the top. I think Illinois is a decent team. Like even without Terrence Shannon, they're a top four ACC team. And we, I'll, I'll get into it a little later. It, this is closer than I thought, but I like this Wisconsin team a lot. That win against Ohio State was really big, but they're really good. I, I think Ohio State's fine. Indiana is sort of getting things together. Nebraska's sort of sneaky. Northwestern's probably a tournament team again. Michigan State has the there's there's a world in which they get things together. Yeah, I just see is. a little more here. I think that's fair. Well, uh, gosh, I don't. I'm 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 gonna stick with my guns and I'm gonna put the ACC at four, Big Ten at five. Who's three? That's fine. Um, three. I have the SEC. Oh, okay. Tell me why. Sort of my thought here is that the SEC, they've got two teams at the top that I actually really like. A few teams at the top that I actually really like. You could easily convince me I was about to say, that the I, SEC's two. I, I, was about to say, I was about to say, I think the SEC is two. Yeah, you, you could convince me. I think them and the Big East are very similar. I just think the SEC has just more of the Big East where it's like, I like a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams are tournament teams, but maybe one can win the title. I've changed my mind. Okay. I'm I'm switching. Okay, Big East 3, SEC 2. Just because even the SEC teams that I don't think are that great. Now, I'm looking at it further. It's like I've got a refreshed sort of take on this. I think Auburn's sneaky good. As much as I hate to say it because I hate Bruce Pearl, I like Kentucky and Tennessee a lot. Alabama's at least a tournament team. South Carolina's at least right now, like, they're respectable. Mississippi State just had that big win over Tennessee. And then even the team sort of at the bottom I still like. Like, I like Texas A&M. I like Florida. Do I like those teams because they're UVA's best wins of the season maybe <laughs> but i still like those two teams and arkansas you know is going to get it together so like today it's a little sketchier but like the long-term trajectory i think i think they've got a higher ceiling that they will reach over the big east i've yeah, come to I, that conclusion i just don't think their bottom is bad like vandy no it's not vandy's not, vandy's obviously not a good team like byu yeah or BYU, i wish byu would have gotten to play them in the tournament because they would have just smoked them smoked in the bottom them. half of the big east is bad i'm realizing that now yeah because and you look at it like depaul georgetown like, xavier stinks texas a&m is the 12th team in the sec the 12th team out of 14 yeah i don't want to play them they're going to be no. favored against kentucky on saturday so yeah. no, I don't want to play them either. All right, all right. So then we have yeah, because like you look at Xavier Butler, like it's weird seeing Marquette down there. Marquette should be better. But, I, Butler's pretty good. Yeah, they're. I think they're fine. Like I, I think that win against Marquette was good, but but I think like for for the one like ooh, I like Butler. There's like four of those teams in the SEC that I can say the same about. So obviously we have Big Twelve at one. Yeah, and. And weirdly enough, I feel like this is a weaker Big 12 year 
than we're accustomed to the last couple. It's of years. just a weaker everything this year. It's all weaker. It really is. It's the opposite of what's going on in America right now. Like it's is this it's deflation, not inflation. Is this the worst? It, the Say worst it. season in terms of like good te- not worst season. I love college basketball no matter what, but in terms of like how good teams are, worse since the COVID tournament that didn't happen. Cause that year stunk. No one was okay. good. Okay, but even that year, like Kansas State, it's very similar. It's very Kansas similar. Day- to Kansas Dayton that year is kind of like Purdue Arizona vibes. Yeah, I, it, it's very similar because, like, you know what even, I mean. Because all those teams at the top, you're like, ah. Eh. Because that Duke team, that Duke team with like Cassius Stanley and Trey Jones and Vernon Carey, felt very similar to what Carolina is this year. Yeah, and then you've got, oh goodness, you had B- that. BYU that, is very similar to this year. BYU, dude, BYU, it's their time to shine when the rest of college basketball is bad. Um, but I was that that Virginia team that was going to be a six seed Virginia team, and that Virginia team is. They won a ton of games, but they were bad. Yeah, they were bad. That team was bad, but they were a six seed that year. They were going to be a six seed. Yeah, they are bad. They are bad. All right, so that, that's the rankings right now. I have I have Pac twelve six, uh, Big Ten five, ACC four three. We ha- uh we both had Big East, then SEC, and then Big Twelve, and then you yeah. flopped at four or five. You had ACC at five, and then Big Ten four. I think yeah. that's fair. I think either way you put that, like either order, I think that's fine. I don't I don't think it really matters. Um. Random questions, real quick, and then we'll get into college football or college basketball futures, and uh, we'll get out of here. Um, if you look, at, going back to the ACC, real quick, who makes the tournament out of the ACC? I said North Carolina, okay. Duke, Wake, okay, Miami, Virginia. Okay, now we're getting a little crazy. Maybe Clemson. The media loves Clemson. They, they don't. Do. They want Clemson to be good so bad for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. What about State? What about NC State? I don't think so. They because feel, I think they feel so nit. They feel so nit. Yeah, I I just think I don't. I just don't. There's teams I like over NC State right now. Yep. And if there's an NC State fan listening, they're gonna be mad at me. That I said Virginia over NC State after NC State just punked Virginia. But, like, the reason I have Virginia in there, I'm, of course, biased. I just have a blind trust that Ver- that Tony Bennett squeezes enough mm-hmm. out of this team to make the tournament. I agree at with the that. Very least. I just think it happens that I think they get to a point where they're at least good enough to take advantage of the ACC being bad. Yeah, I I think that's fair. It's just like, and you never want to play Virginia. Like it seems Tony Bennett's too good of a coach to f- he's gonna figure it out. Speaking Especially of- this is a young like the, the reasons they're not very good. They make sense. It's a Tony Bennett team with tons of guys who are like freshmen and sophomores or transfers who haven't played in the system. Yeah, so they're gonna get better. Going, so going back to NC State, watching that Carolina State game last night, obviously State never beats Carolina. Like it is what it is. Um, but NC State, man, 
the Kevin Keats experience is over. Like, it's over, man. What are we doing here? Like, if you're a state fan and you see – if you have to see one more effing thing saying, Kevin Keats is a winner. Like, no, he's not. He's just not. No. I mean, you had Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, a dream backcourt to have in college basketball. A dream backcourt, especially for March. That is doesn't get better than that. And they just flame out in the first round. Yes, they had to play Creighton, but they couldn't even play their way into a decent game. Like, get into the 8-9 spot. You had too good of a team not to be in the 8-9 spot. I tweeted this out last night uh, on the CarterCast Twitter, and I, I think this is, uh, this is NC State season every year. You win meaningless non-cons to look better. You beat the Citadels. You beat Charleston Southerns. And, okay, yay, you have a 12-1 and record. Yay. And then you look kind of frisky in your MTE. You know, you go to the Bahamas or you go to Vegas. And you look fun. You make it maybe to the semifinal. This year is all four-team tournament, so they made it to the title game. They got a little frisky against BYU. And then, they, of course, they never actually win it. And then you get your hopes up because you beat these crappy teams. And then you play UNC, get destroyed. You lose every single time. But then you murder Duke at PNC to save your coach's job. You murder them. You win by 20. And ESPN's thrown. And you guys storm the court and throw your stupid red and white crap. And then randomly, like, you stop walking. You know, you keep track. And all of a sudden, like, two weeks later, State won a couple games. They're on a weird little winning streak. And then they hit an insane buzzer beater against a Clemson, a Syracuse, a Virginia Tech, on, and it's on Raycon Sports every time. It's never actually on ESPN they hit a buzzer beater. It's got to be on one of the weird channels. And then they're going to lose to a crap team at the end of it. Like March 2nd, they're going to lose to a crap team uh, to kill their resume. And then they're going to win the Wednesday game of the ACC tournament and barely miss the tournament. And then they're going to lose Thursday, miss the tournament, and then play in the NIT. And then they're going to win two games in the NIT and lose every year yeah it's the same thing and i also wanted to add in last year's because honestly less than this year's team in hindsight it is more crazy to go last year's team was an 11 seed that lost in the first round because casey morsell was the third member of that backcourt and shot 41 percent from three they were good and you had dj burns at the five like that should be that should be a team that makes the second round Single-digit seed that makes the second round and has a chance at the Sweet 16. A fighting chance. I had so much on this NC State team making the Final Four, winning the ACC tournament. I was like, this is the team that's going to get hot in March. I was talking about it all season long back in November, and then they just disappoint. Every single time they disappoint, and that's what you're going to get. Kevin Keats is a disappointment. That's what he is. He's not a winner. And and if NC State's going to disappoint me, it better be Mark Godfrey doing it. Oh yeah, I need Walmart Cal that's, Park. That's way that's way more fun. Hear me out. Conspiracy theory. You know how like dysfunctional Charlotte sports are. You know the Panthers are an utter disaster. But you know the Charlotte Hornets. They fire their coach. You know Steve Clifford. They get another guy. You know he's fun. They're playing a little more disciplined basketball, more fun, whatever. But then they go back to Steve Clifford. Is that what State does? They have Mark Godfrey. And then they're like, all right, Kevin Keats, it's your time. And they're like, you know what, Kevin Keats, you're done. Let's bring back Mark Godfrey. I want back the C.J. Leslie days. Those were the good old times. B.J. Yes. Anya for the win. B.J. Anya is a, is a perfect throwback. They just had, dude, they had Cat that, Barber. Baby. They had bigs that just wanted to, dude. Oh, who was that, <laughs> that white shooter? Wood? Scott Wood. Scott Wood. That guy was money. 
Dude, NC State had a run there where they were just running the show. Like they had Scotty McCreary doing all the Bojangles commercials during ACC games. Scott Woods hitting threes. CJ Leslie's balling. Uh, this was a little later on, but like Trevor Lacey. Yeah, he was, he was nice. They're still doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, in, in the none tournament. of them do anything. But but it's more but it's more exciting. Kevin Keats feels like we had Turgeon. The new Turgeon to me is uh Bra- um is like Clemson, Brad Brunel, and then um and then I think Keats is like he's on deck after Brad Brunel. Yeah, why am I like butchering his name all of a sudden? I just Brad Brunel? Yeah, okay. Oh it sounded wrong. It always sounds it. wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I know this guy's name. He okay. looks Mormon. He looks like a Mormon cartoon character. Brad he does. <laughs> it's just what Clemson does. Cle- we we do the same thing with NC State. Clemson's got the same thing of just top twenty five team, top twenty team, sometimes top fifteen team coming into conference play, and they're always on the bubble. Yep. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't, but they will be on the bubble. Yep. They and that's will, crazy. They'll be it's the next every four time. Out. They'll be the next four out one hundred percent, and. That that's what worries me about. They're a little Wade. too talented. They're too talented to do this this year. Yeah, it, I thought this one was a little different. I still thought they would. I was like, I still don't think they're like thirteen in the country, but I think they're. A, I was like, they're a comfortable NCAA tournament team, and they're already looking to not be that. And it's not like you're like, oh well, maybe they've played hard teams like Miami, Carolina, Virginia Tech. That's actually probably their toughest stretch, if we're being honest. I agree. Because then it's like BC, Georgia Tech, Duke, Louisville. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they do have a stretch. It's UVA, Carolina, Syracuse, Miami. That's pretty tough, actually. Yeah, they, they might not make yeah, the tournament, you, man. They probably beat Syracuse by 10, and that's it. They're going to be a team. It's going to go into conference tournament time. They're going to be playing on Wednesday night in Washington, D.C. at the ACC tournament. They're like, they have to make it to Friday to make the tournament. And they lose on Thursday. They'll win Wednesday, and then they lose Thursday. That stinks too, because like we talked about our guys on the first episode. Yep. PJ, I love PJ Hall. I had forgotten about him. I he like is. him a lot, and he deserves better. He does. The Miles Teller lookalike des- deserves better. <laughs> he does. And then like you want to say Wake is like a, a shoe in, but are they? Are they like? No. I, I never trust Steve. Like Steve, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it every episode until he is not the coach at Wake Forest anymore. But Steve Forbes is Seth Greenberg reincarnated. What Seth Greenberg had at Virginia Tech is what Steve Forbes has at Wake Forest. They're going to have an awesome player that's you know averaging 20 a game or whatever. All he's, they have an all ACC caliber player that they revolve their team around, and they're good enough. They're going to beat Wake. Or they're going to beat Duke. They might even beat Carolina, but they're going to lose to the bottom dwellers of the conference late in the season to kill their resume. And they're never going to show up once that calendar hits March. Never. And We've seen it time and time again. This Wake team, this is the year to prove it if you're Steve Forbes. You've got to make the tournament. This team's way too talented to miss the tournament because if Wake doesn't make the tournament, if somehow all these teams just crater somehow, is the ACC a two-bid league? I don't think we quite get there just because... I I don't think we get there. I think but worst case scenario, I think this is still going to be a four-bid at the minimum. I think so too. I'm going to say... I think it could be a, a ma- I think it's a four bid minimum, six maximum, probably five. Okay. Okay. That's um, what I'll say right now. 
All right, that's enough ACC talk. Uh, two last things. One, I'm going to say, before we get into college basketball futures, real quick, this is probably going up on TikTok. Right now, as of January 11th, who are you picking to win the national title? Kentucky. Ooh, I like that. I don't hate that at all. I can't say Purdue. I can't. I don't see a world where I just don't see them winning the If it wasn't title. Kentucky, I'd be saying Purdue. Really? I, I just don't see Purdue. You know what? F it. Give me Duke. Give me Duke. Give okay. Me, give me okay. all the Duke stock. I, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll buy Duke. Duke's winning the national title. Uh, um, look, we went blue blood here. I know. Uh, college basketball futures. So, which ones do you like right now? I like Wisconsin. Ooh. I just like this team because this team can score. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Um, they they've they're like top fifteen or top twenty at least in offensive and defensive efficiency. And another team that has that, according to Ken Palm is Auburn. They're sneaky good. I think this might be the best team. I think this is definitely the best team. Uh, I think that final four team was pretty, pretty nasty. Yeah. I was going to say since the final four team, but the Jabari Smith team, that team, they were, they were frauds though. And we know that this team, this team is sort of flying under the radar a little more, which I like. And then the third one is, this isn't a secret, but I do, and this is less of a good value one, but especially coming off the loss, I still like Tennessee. Yep. So I'm going to say Tennessee, Auburn, Wisconsin. I like those so three. So Auburn is currently favored to win the SEC. Really? Yep. Yeah. Tennessee Tennessee's a three-to-one underdog to win the SEC. They're, they're second. Tennessee's second. Kentucky's third. Yeah, I know Kentucky won't win it. Although no. I like them to win the national championship, they won't win it. Kentucky and that's okay. The, Kentucky has the Duke problem where they have young guys, and every night they see the Kentucky name. Every single team in that conference, all they care about is wanting to beat Kentucky. And that's what Duke goes with, too. I also think Tennessee would very much benefit from not winning the SEC because like, that's very much a Rick Barnes thing. Same thing Matt Painter has had, Tony mm-hmm. Bennett had. Like... Yay, we won the conference. It's like I kind of like it when when you've got a really freaking good team and you don't really care about winning the conference that much. You're yeah. like I we've got bigger things in our like, you know, down the road and you're more focused on that. So I'd like this Tennessee team to not win the SEC. I, I like them better if they don't. Wisconsin's 4 to 1 to win the Big 10. Really? I, I don't hate that. That's a little. No. I just don't. Uh, Purdue's going to win the regular season. Like, it is just in Purdue's blood. I agree. They're going to win that Big Ten regular season. Uh, mine didn't come from any other conference outside of the ACC. Like, I looked at some of the SEC ones. I didn't, for value's sake, if I'm going to take one, like, I love Tennessee and, or an Auburn, one of those teams to do it. I'd actually probably take Tennessee right now at plus 300. I think they're just going to be solid. They're going to make turn games into rock fights. I think they really just hone it together here soon. I know they lost last night or whatever, but I don't think that really matters to me. But I, I agree, especially because, I mean, in that game where they lost, you know Tennessee's going to have a top-five defense always, Yep. and the defense didn't really show up last night. But you had Dalton Connect, I believe off the top of my head, had 28. Yes. And Zakai Ziegler had 26. They've never had two guys who can go out there and get 25 plus. Not saying Ziegler is going to do that but consistently, Connect but that Connect can. And I think Ziegler, Ziegler was the top dog on that team last year. And he, like come, he was at least coming off the bench early this year. I just think this team has more offensive firepower while also not sacrificing much on the defensive end. 
Yeah, I agree with that too. I think Dalton Connect can be that. I, I I think that's the difference is Dalton Connect can just be that guy that elevates them. And I'll get into this right now. These are the college basketball futures I've, I have. Uh, a few I took I took one of these preseason. You'll definitely know which one it is by the odds. And then I took. All four of these in December, and I took one of these last night. So okay. BYU, I have plus thirty five thousand to win the tournament. I I have three hundred and fifty awesome. to one, and I have sixty to one. So I have both of those. Not going to touch that. They're not going to win it, but like I love that value. I mean, holy crap! If they get to the if they get to the elite eight, I can hedge out of that completely. So I'm in a great spot there with that. I have Duke twenty five to one. I think that's still great odds. I think they're twenty to one right now. I can double check, but I like Duke there. Duke is currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have the tenth best odds right now at twenty two to one. I like. I still like it there. I think Duke can tur- turn. I, if you're going to buy Duke stock, now's the time. If you don't believe in this Duke team, stay away. But they're going to string together a big January. I believe they always do. This is probably my favorite one that I've had, uh, UNC plus 4,000. I have UNC plus 4,000 to win the title. They're down to plus – they're 20 to 1. They have the seventh best odds right now, tied for six, something like that. This UNC team, like, I like it at, even at the 20 to 1 number. I think I still like it because they're just going to win games. They're not going to win the tournament, but they're going to win games, and I think that's great value right there at 20 to 1. And then, I agree. I like all of those, especially where you got them. Yeah, and then Tennessee twenty-five to one. They're currently twenty to one still. I still, I still like twenty to one for Tennessee. Like I said, Dalton Connect can be that guy. And then uh, this is the one I took last night, and I, I, I think this is the best buy low spot. I talked about it in December, and I'm going to talk about it again. Give me Texas at ninety to one. I do like this this Texas team. Is way better than they've been put it, um, than what they've been putting on the court. What even I preseason? Against, what I saw against uh, Cincinnati, with Tyler. yeah, yeah. What I saw against Cincinnati really, really reaffirmed everything I thought about this team. The fact that they could go into that crazy environment, Cincinnati had that game in control the whole time. It was Cincinnati's yeah. game, and then Texas just stole it. Big time shot by Max Asmus. I was like, that's what I needed to see. I needed to see one of those guards hit the big shot in the clutch against a good on-the-road team. I was like, that's what I needed to see. Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus can be that guy. I think Shedrick's good enough to play that fight. I think he can dominate in the paint. I think he can. he's a great defender. I, I like this Texas team. I think they're going to get hot. I don't think there's a better buy low spot. I give me give me all yeah. the Texas stock you can get right now. I have them ninety and, to one. I I would take it anywhere down to sixty to one. Yeah, and you got Disu and uh and Mitchell as well. Yeah, especially and you got like the guy who came off the bench some from them last year, Brock Cunningham. Mm-hmm. So you've got some dudes on that team. That's a team that like preseason. When I was talking with Tyler on our other pod, I had them. They were my second favorite team in the Big 12. Yep. Like, I really liked them, and I kind of forgot about them, if I'm being honest. But I'm that that was a good reminder because yeah, I, I really like that roster. It's a great I really like favorite. that. Like, their top six or seven guys is what, legit. What this team is missing, though, is an elite coach. It's really what it boils it's down true. to. Because, it's like, true. They still, he still feels like an interim coach. He still feels like that, and that's what he is. And you know, if Chris Beard has this team, 
how much th- this team is probably a top five team this year if Chris Beard is the coach. I agree. I mean, Ole Miss stinks, and he's going to have him in the tournament. Yeah, they're terrible. Jamin Bakefield might be their second best player. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not. What yeah. are we doing here? He's a he's a not not a good person. He's a fantastic basketball coach. He shows that everywhere he goes. Oh, I Chris thought you were talking about Breakfield. Or I was like, what? No, yeah, no, no, no. Chris Beard. Chris Beard. <laughs> uh, I got these at bad numbers. Do not take these. I took UVA six, at six to one to win the ACC. I was all in. I was like, oh, yep, yep. This is going to be Tony Bennett's year. Blah blah blah. They're going to win a bunch of games. Now they're at thirty six to one. I like it at that value. Look at the standings. I like it now. If you look at the standings, it's crazy. Jeopardy music, blah blah blah. Okay, they're two. They're two and two right now in conference. They're two and two. They're, there's only been four conference games. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. Yeah, they just need to. They just need to. They're undefeated at home. They just need to. They're a young team that basically needs to not crap their pants on the road, which is eventually gonna happen. And I don't know if they win or not, but I think we see a great game against Wake Forest on Saturday. Wake Forest. I think Virginia gives them their best shot. I think Wake Forest decide, uh, not decides. I think it, the winner of that game is going to build so much momentum for them going forward. I think that is such a decisive game for each team because I'm going to believe in the winner of that game regardless. If Wake wins that game, I'm going to say that's that's what I needed to see. I need. I know you guys beat Miami at home. That was big. But can you do it against a, just a freaking – ugly Virginia team where Tony Bennett's going to muck things up. But then if Virginia wins at Wake Forest, that's a crazy win because that Wake team's super talented. And that's what I need to see out of Virginia. If Virginia doesn't win that game, then I don't see it for them this year. You got, I mean, they have a great rest of January. I mean, the January stretch. If they can win out in January, that 36-1 to for them to win the ACC is not crazy. I agree. But And then I, I also have Wake 10-1. to uh, It's 12-1 to now. I don't hate it, but like I don't feel great about getting it at my number. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty bummed about that because I took it and then I was like, oh, they're probably going to be like a four point favorite at FSU and lose, and they were a two point favorite and lost. So two point, <laughs> and FSU is at the top of this conference right now for no reason. Like, can we stop this? Like, yeah, they stink. Florida State. They tried to lose against Virginia Tech. Florida State, just you be couldn't. good. Just be good. Quit being bad. Quit losing to. Georgia, like, why are you losing to Georgia? Why are you losing to USF, SMU? That's an ACC loss. The next them year. going Let's downhill. Go. There's a direct correlation between the ACC dying and them dying. COVID. Yeah, COVID killed the ACC and Florida State. COVID killed when Florida State. Yeah, when Florida State went out there and went after they canceled the ACC yeah, tournament and, and said, and "Hey, that thanks, trophy. guys." Yeah, here's their trophy. Thank Did you, guys. They sell their soul. That was it. Did they sell their soul for that ACC title? They might have. Because I'm convinced Carolina fans sold their – I'm convinced the University of North Carolina sold their soul for that Duke one in 22. Because I don't see this Carolina team ever winning that, another national title. With Hubert Davis, I don't think so. Yeah. I think he – yeah. Yeah. Those are the college basketball futures I like. Anything else before we go? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's plenty. All right, 
Uh, that's it. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's all in the episode description. Subscribe at CarterCast on all social media. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Subscribe on there. CarterCast.com will be live. Martin Luther King. You'll be listening to this tomorrow, Friday, January 12th. We recorded this January 11th. So, you know, we're talking about futures and everything. You're listening like five days out. A lot of things may change. A lot of things are probably going to change on Saturday. We're probably going to see 17 upsets. 17 out of the top 25 are probably going to lose knowing how insane this college basketball season is but make sure to stay tuned we'll be back next week we'll be back college basketball nba is going to be back every week along with the nfl so we'll be back next week uh and we'll see y'all then take care bye